0: Tim Jensen was bullied in school. He had no self-confidence and no comfort zone thanks to his family moving around so much when he was young. But then, at age 17, he went through an experience that he calls
1: the hardest the most difficult thing that I've encountered in my life.
0: And that experience now lets him run through walls and pretty much any other obstacle that life throws his way. Tim went through something that most of us can barely comprehend. And he and others around him achieved things that we would deem heroic. But despite all that, Tim believes one bizarre truth about humans that most don't. Nobody actually rises to the occasion. Instead, we fall back on something. Something we just can't explain. Something that kind of feels like it's coming from our gut. On the show today, we explore that idea of your gut feeling guiding you forward. When you're a craft-driven creator... What if the key to success is you actually have to listen to that feeling? It's unthinkable. Welcome to Unthinkable. I'm Jay Conzo and we are on a collective journey to answer one question. What does it take to trust your intuition and succeed? Look, it's never been easier to be average. Just scoop up one of those list articles or follow the guru on the stage telling you to do something. But to separate from all that noise and actually do something exceptional with your craft? I mean, that's all on you, baby. Ain't no one going to tell you exactly what to do. You have to trust your intuition. But how? Two weeks ago, we ended a two-part series on where data fits into all of that. Do you start with the data or with something else? We examined it from both sides of the coin and we landed somewhere pretty strange, but I think pretty powerful as well. If you missed either of those things, be sure you go back and hear them both. One is called don't start with data and the next one predictably start with data. Because today we're gonna go right to the obvious thing that we missed in both of those episodes. What about your gut? So to figure this out, Let's first go outside of our echo chamber, outside the business world, to the music world to examine this idea. To help us do so, here is the executive producer of Unthinkable, Andrew Davis.
2: So Jay, Jay, do you think of yourself as a creative musical genius?
0: Um, no.
2: (laughs) Okay, good, because I'm not either. Now, what if I told you that with enough listening experience, not experience playing music, but enough experience just listening to music you have the power to become a musical expert
0: well i get on board with that i mean if i listen to enough music i could be an expert but you said genius and like that's kind of like a thing you can't explain at all and i could i don't know i don't know about that
2: I did, I did. You got me there. Okay, here's the thing, some recent scientific research might help us actually understand where that creative inspiration comes from. And it turns out, your intuition isn't your gut. It just might be your subconscious brain feeding off of years and years of experience. So so let's just start your, your musical expert training right now. How about that?
0: <laughs> okay, um, I'm game.
2: But how do we do that? Okay, it's really easy. All you have to do is listen. And I want you to listen very intently to this tango written by Astor Piazzolla in 1974. And and I want you to just concentrate very specifically on the music, okay?
0: Okay, cool.
2: Okay, Jay, that's enough. Have you ever heard Libertango before? Uh, no. Okay, okay, now, how about this song? I want you to listen to this one, listen intently, just like you just did, okay? Yep. It's actually Girl by The Beatles. Now, you listened intently, and I want you to tell me, what do those two songs have in common?
0: Oh, man. Um, (laughs) I have no idea. I gotta be honest. Uh, I guess to me, they don't sound similar at all.
2: Okay, they don't sound similar to me either. But Sting, you you know Sting, the the 16th-time Grammy Award-winning creative musical genius? Well, that guy can listen to both of those pieces of music and pick out a three-note pattern that almost no one else in the world notices.
0: That's awesome. I mean, okay, I guess that kind of also makes sense if you see him as this creative genius that's been, like, touched by the muse or has some sort of God-given gift. So I guess you'd kind of expect that from him.
2: Okay, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Sting's brain finds that three-musical note pattern... Totally subconsciously. Uh. He doesn't even know he's doing it. And what's more amazing, Jay, is that he doesn't consciously identify the pattern.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So I get that he finds the pattern subconsciously, like he couldn't explain how he came up with it. But you're also saying that his conscious brain doesn't even pick up on the fact that he found it, so he couldn't articulate it back to anybody. So how do we know that about him then? Well,
2: that's a good question, because you have to actually be able to look at Sting's brain to do this. And a cognitive neuroscientist named Daniel Levitin, who actually you know scans brains for a living at McGill University in Montreal, he actually scanned Sting's brain while Sting was listening to music. And they didn't just listen to those two songs. They listened to lots and lots of songs, everything from like Britney Spears' Baby One More Time to elevator music, which apparently Sting doesn't like. And what they noticed is that Sting's brain is extracting latent information and keeping track of it.
0: Okay, so what I get from that is he's not memorizing both songs But rather, there are like elements that he's putting in his brain, like filing away for later, which is how he can then later recognize connections between those two songs that we don't see. And so that's all thanks to like the brain doing that kind of filing. But why does it do that?
2: (laughs) Well, the team in Montreal isn't exactly sure yet, but they have a great hypothesis. And first of all, they believe this is how you become an expert. So essentially, the more experiences you have, the more you extract and file away those important and maybe potentially useful pieces of information from every one of those experiences. So your file cabinet just keeps growing and growing and growing so that you can draw on it, even subconsciously, whenever you need to.
0: I like the idea... But let me just see if I can understand what you're saying as it relates to us. So Sting has listened to a ton of music, and the more he consumes different songs and different types of music, the more his like file cabinet grows, and therefore he can draw more connections between things that we see as totally different or irrelevant. That's exactly right. All of this
2: just suggests that Sting's creative musical genius that we, we, we're trying to get to might actually just be a result of something really really simple. It's just a lifetime of listening experiences. So Jay, if, if you see your creative intuition as the sum of everything you've ever experienced and consumed, it turns out you might actually be in control of your gut feeling.
0: Right, because even though Sting may not be in control of finding those connections in the moment, uh, the connections that like we don't see, and even he can't articulate, he is in control of what he consumes and the experiences he has and, I guess, like, how he gets ready for those future gut feelings. The thing that we say, oh, he's just a genius and has this feeling for that we don't, that's something that he actually can affect with purpose. It's not this, like, magical guide that he's been gifted. Exactly. But I don't know, Drew, it might be that, or it might be that every little thing he does is magic. (laughs)
2: tell the feelings I have for my heart So
0: okay. Back to that conventional thinking again that the idea of intuition lives in your gut. It doesn't. That voice, that guide is really your brain just maybe not your conscious brain. But the good news is, you can consciously prepare it for those future moments of decision-making in the moment. Few people that I've met are better at that preparation period than the guy I mentioned at the top of the show, Tim Jensen. Tim is a guy who doesn't think people actually rise to the occasion. Instead, he thinks we fall back on a gut feeling. But to him, that gut feeling is really rigorous Training
1: In modes of chaos, you're always going to regress to the last bit of training that you have. And it's against the human experiment that you will ever rise to the occasion in, in those situations. So many studies have shown that when your stress level rises, your cognitive thinking skills reduce over time. And that time is seconds.
0: Tim learned this while serving in the U.S. military. After a childhood being bullied and moving place to place with his family, he then served in the Marine Corps, including tours of duty in Iraq, In 2004 and 2005, Tim, thank you for your service. And it was through those experiences that Tim learned the value of what we heard in the Sting story. The power of turning your brain into an instant recall machine so that, in the moment, you can make quick decisions that are still correct. It's
1: exhilarating. It's terrifying. You're always got that, that voice in the back of your head saying, is this the right decision? Is this the right decision? You know, and, and those are like the devils if you do and the devils if you don't type of conversations that you have you have with yourself. But, you know, again, it goes back to that intuition where you're, you're, you're questioning yourself in your mind, but you know what you're doing for, uh, off of all the gathered information that you have that you're making the right decision and you just got to power through it and you got to own it. You know, at that point, you've made that decision. This is the decision that has been done. This is the decision that we're communicating as a team. And now you own it and you do everything you can to make it successful.
0: Today, Tim is the COO of a retail company called Grunt Style, a lifestyle brand for veterans and patriots. And although he's finding plenty of success in the role, Tim has no formal business background. Instead, as he worked his way up the corporate ladder, he started noticing similar decision-making patterns in himself that had served him well back in the Marines. For instance, Tim's a big comic book fan and former comic book illustrator, and he was initially hired as a graphic designer at Grunstyle.
1: You know, when we were first putting out designs, it was just a bunch of words, you know, motivational sentences uh, on t-shirts, and it was very pride-oriented, and people loved it. But as we started to become more robust in our designs, we were struggling to make the, those good compositions. In my comic book days, a composition is the most important thing when you're reading a comic. It's all about where, how your eyes read across the page and the you know, really exciting things that you want the reader to to see first before they see anything else. There's a science behind that. And I was like, well, you know, this is what I've taken from my time in comic books. Let's replicate these co- composition styles into the way that we present our
0: art. Tim trusted his intuition to lead him down that path.
1: And now we have some of the you know, greatest artists uh, that have just developed over time with our processes and our training. They're doing great, great work.
0: It was through this experience that Tim knew maybe he didn't actually need to carefully consider every single angle just because he lacked an MBA. He could still trust that gut feeling or really his well-trained subconscious mind and it was actually very similar to when he was in the Marines.
1: It's like a reaction a reaction to contact, a reaction to ambush. I will always defer to uh, what the military and the Marine Corps has taught me because it's the greatest institution that I've uh, been able to learn from. Reaction to ambush, you, you, know, you get caught in that kill zone, and it, everything is, seems like the world is crumbling around you, and you have to make a decision. That decision is going to determine the success of your next rate of movement and how you're going to negotiate that situation that you're in. In, in that situation, good training tells you to remove yourself from the kill zone, get a, a new perspective on the battlefield, and then in, re-engage and destroy the target.
0: If he's making a big decision at work, Tim might appear to be reacting quickly. And he is, but his brain is still rifling through tons of options, just like you or I might if we were moving slowly. But the only difference is, Tim doesn't hesitate. In fact, he's learned that bad things can happen if you do.
1: In combat, you know, quick decisions determines life or death. In business, you can think of it the same way, you know. But at the end of the day, nobody's dying, but you know, you could be jeopardizing jobs. You could be jeopardizing strategies.
0: I'm curious. Like, was there a moment in running grunt style where you were like, "Wow, you know, the ability that I had to see what I saw or to make that decision the way I made it." That actually reflects not on my experience as a business owner and operator, but actually from the military.
1: Almost every day, I refer to a lot of my infantry training uh, and my time in the Marine Corps to operate in this business. And I I use those tools uh, daily because if you really think about business as a battle space, it, it's a it's a very easy transition, you know. Uh, infantry tactics to three rules of infantry: uh, shoot, move, and communicate. You know, you can extrapolate that into the, the private sector very easily because if you can't communicate as a team, you're not going to be able to acquire targets, you're not be able to move as a team together, right? So, that triangle, if you will, if you remove any one piece of that triangle. Uh, it, it's no longer functional, and you know relating those things to uh, our team every day and getting them to think along those lines as well uh, is really a part of the recipe to our success because sure we may not have all the business minds the MBAs the you know all that experience but what we do have we have the understanding of how to think in those unique environments, how to be outside the box thinkers, uh, the critical thinkers, and solution-oriented people. We're given a task and a condition and a standard they will always operate to the best of their ability.
0: Tim has gone from shirt folder to the lead production operator to operations manager to chief operating officer. And Grunt style just keeps on growing. If you asked young Tim why this was happening, he might have said, well, maybe grunt-style Tim has a knack for business. It's just a natural gift given to him at birth. Or maybe he's got this gut feel for it. Maybe he's even an operating genius, much like Sting is a musical one. In short, young Tim, and maybe many of us, would probably think, wow, there's a guy who rose to the occasion and delivered. But the Tim of today knows we actually don't do that. We fall back on our instincts and it's a well-trained mind, not some kind of gut feeling, that keeps us marching forward to safety or success.
1: You have to immerse yourself into the uh, situation that you're in. Uh, the, The further that you can get into... Feeling that lifeline, that life beat of uh, whatever it is you're focused on, uh, you're really going to start to make very clean decisions in the sense that with all the information that you collected and understand, uh, it gives you a better guiding stake uh, to make those decisions.
0: In other words, you have to live in that moment. You, you can't stop to think. It's like being an athlete. You just have to swing or shoot or run or jump. You have to act. And everything that brought you to that moment of action prepared you to do so.
1: So it really becomes that intuition because as information flows through you as a conduit, you learn and gather so much about the inner workings of the business or, you know, again, whatever it is that you're focused on, play the decisions because you, you have so much reference uh, that, that you're referring to to make those decisions. There's nothing out there that I can't do. No obstacle out there that I can't negotiate, either up it, over it, or around it. Why? Because if I give it everything I got, and all the effort and and attention, and and develop a team that can accomplish this goal, there's nothing that can stop us from accomplishing anything.
0: I'm so pumped up, I don't know about you, but I know I need to fall back. On my training, my practice, my honing of my intuition. Because no matter how pumped up I feel, I'm not going to rise to the occasion and lift out some kind of gut feeling. No, it's my prepared brain that's going to get me going in the right direction. So, are you reading? Are you taking notes? Are you listening to countless songs so that you can recognize similar notes where others don't? Are you running enough sprints or taking apart and reassembling enough equipment so that in the moment, it looks effortless to others? Are you training your mind? Because maybe we shouldn't rely on some mystical idea of gut feeling that we think we have as creators. And maybe we shouldn't chalk up some genius's success to that either. Because maybe it's just you, everything that makes you, you, guiding you forward, moving you past average work and onto something that you control, something that you can hone, the ability to achieve, the exceptional. I'm Jay Kunzo and that was Unthinkable. Hey, quick thing that I think you might be interested in. So, I mentioned before, Unthinkable is a collective journey to answer one question, what does it take to trust your intuition and succeed? It's never been easier to be average in a world full of listicles and YouTube videos and people who can just tell you instantly on Twitter the right way. But how do you do something exceptional, not average? I think that takes more you. You are obviously an exception to everybody else, but you have to trust it. If that's an exciting proposition and you want to know how, we're exploring that. We're trying to figure it out. So join our journey. You can text trust. To 444 999, and I'll text you right back. That's the word trust to three fours and three nines, and I'll shoot you a text right back with what to do next. This episode was written and hosted by me, and I was edited by Josh Cole. Thanks, Josh. Special thanks to Andrew Davis for his Outside the Echo Chamber story and executive producing the show as well. Caroline Nuttall, Elizabeth Davis, and Ryan Brescia, you are all awesome. Our theme music is by Tyler Litwin who represents the Lollipop Guild. What I do is I help people open that jar. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I'll talk to you next week.